Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello, Sixpackers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode number 15. You say you're a Catholic, but are you really a Catholic? The Catholic Church isn't a mere organization, but a divine organism established by Christ. It has a set of beliefs that Jesus gave us, and we owe him our loyalty and a set of will to those beliefs. We'll discuss that when we return. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. The step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I caught some flack in a recent episode for saying you can't be a Democrat and a Catholic at the same time. When most people catch flack for saying such things in their podcasts, they apologize for fear of losing listeners. Me? I double down. I don't care if telling the truth causes me to grow my audience all the way to zero. I'm going to tell the truth, period. Besides, if telling the truth promotes being alone, I'm all for being all by myself. Before you get the idea that this episode is a promo for the Republican Party, let me assure you that it isn't. Obviously, I'm not a Democrat, but I'm not a Republican either. I'm a constitutionalist. Our nation was founded upon one document, and that document is the Constitution of the United States of America. It was adopted by the states 230 years ago, and this brilliant document from the minds of our equally brilliant founding fathers lays out exactly how our government is supposed to work. But this episode isn't even about our Constitution. It's about morality and our moral commitments as Catholics. 
So I'm going to talk about a few of the Democratic candidates for president and what they're promoting, as well as some long-standing platform issues of that party. Then I'm going to prove to you that it's not possible to be a Catholic and a Democrat. As I've said before, in the 60s, if anyone had promoted the things the Democratic Party promotes today, they would have at the very least be placed in psychiatric observation, if not outright committed. Some of the things they promote were even in the official Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, also known as the DSM. That's the absolute truth. And many things they've begun promoting since the 2018 election would have gotten them placed on an FBI watch list as potential enemies of the United States. John Delaney is a 2020 hopeful. Delaney, a former congressman, identifies as pro-choice and is a strong supporter of same-sex marriage. In Congress, he consistently voted to strengthen anti-LGBT discrimination laws and for legislation to fund organizations like Planned Parenthood, you know, the people who kill babies. In other words, Delaney, who claims to be a Catholic, believes that women should have the right to legally murder their children and that perverts should contribute to the destruction of society through the promotion of gay marriage and other LGBT issues, all of which are diametrically opposed to 2,000 years of Catholic moral teaching. Kamala Harris defends the legalization of prostitution. Of course, she's also in favor of killing babies and normalizing the perversion of natural law. She claims to be a Baptist, but I can't imagine Baptists are too thrilled with that. Cory Booker, as all Dems, believes in killing babies and destroying society through perversion. He's also supporting socialism, which on its face is godless and dictatorial. Although he claims to be a Christian, there are apparently no formal ties to any denomination. Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren not only believes in killing babies and supporting LGBT issues, but she wants to legalize marijuana and take your money to redistribute it to those who have less than you. Come to think of it, so do Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. Bernie Sanders, while raised Jewish, is a professed socialist who has lent his support and given his praise to virtually all godless communist regimes. Like all the other candidates, he supports the murder of preborn children and LGBT. Ah, the heck with it. All the Democrat presidential hopefuls are exactly the same. They may all look different, but they're all cast from the same political mold. They all want to kill babies. They all support the normalization of perversions that violates the laws of nature. They all want to steal your money and give it to someone else. Furthermore, as Democrats, they also want to tell you how to raise your kids, how and what to eat, what to think and say, and they're convinced government should decide what's best for you and your family medically. The problems don't stop at the doors of presidential candidates. California must have some really good drugs because Congressman Eric Swalwell wants to imprison law-abiding citizens who don't turn their hunting rifles over to the government. Never mind that pesky little inconvenience called the Second Amendment. He also wants to get rid of the Electoral College so that California, New York, New Jersey, and Chicago permanently decide who our president is every four years. We know that Alice's Wonderland is relocated to the Bronx because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the woman I prefer to call the bartender, wants to take away your cars, your ability to fly, and even your hamburgers. Uh, cow farts, you know. She's become the face of today's Democratic Party, but she's got to be the biggest airhead in Congress. 
She got a degree from Boston University in economics, yet she's completely clueless as to why everyone's upset with her for costing New Yorkers 25,000 jobs by driving Amazon away. Recently, she even asked where anyone came up with that 25,000 job figure. Clueless! As an aside, I think the poor little old pointy-headed thing should sue her alma mater for fraud because she has absolutely no understanding of economics. Or much of anything else, for that matter. Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, a man claiming to be Catholic, signed into law a state bill that allows abortions right up to the moment that a baby is ready to be born. That's not abortion, that's infanticide. Governor Northam of Virginia apparently thinks this is a good thing too, because the physician-turned-governor promotes the very same thing. In fact, he takes it a step further, saying it should be okay to kill a baby after it's born if that's what the mother wants. What's happened to the Democratic Party? Why do they want all these horribly evil things? Well, the answer's simple. They've spent 50 years doing everything they could to completely drive God from the public square, and they've succeeded. But by taking God out of our society, they've created a vacuum. What moved in to fill that void was immense evil. After all, they think, if there's no God, there's no right or wrong, only what you want. That's both incredibly ignorant of life and nature, and it's just plain wrong. Moral good and evil can usually be ascertained through the use of logic and right reason. Modern Americans seem to think that logic and right reason is determined by how a person feels about a thing. American children used to be taught logic and reason, taught how to think. But the ability to think hasn't been taught in American schools for 50 years. Instead, they've been taught how they feel about a thing is what makes it true. In the old Star Trek series, we had Mr. Spock. He was an emotionless Vulcan, but he's my favorite character. Why? Because Spock demonstrates for us a very important principle. In order to arrive at truth, you have to adhere to logic. Reliance on emotion will always go in the opposite direction of truth. Your emotions will always betray you. Depending on your emotions leads to the ridiculous assertion that what's true for you isn't necessarily true for me. No intelligent human being can possibly make a more stupid statement than that. If a thing is true for you, it must necessarily be true for me. Otherwise, it can't possibly be true. Catholics say to me, Joe, I don't support those bad things you talk about, but I'm a Democrat and vote that way because the Democratic Party is for the average, everyday little guy. And that's who I am. Oh, I'm sorry. Poor little old pointy-headed thing, you really are in an intellectual fog, aren't you? The Democrats aren't for the little guy. They're for sexual deviance, identity politics, power for themselves, and tyranny. When you support the Democrats with your vote and party affiliation, you participate in the evil they promote. Homosexuality is evil. Socialism is evil. Abortion is evil. Illegal immigration and open borders are evil. Tyranny is evil. Driving God from public life is evil. A Democrat running for president may have a really good idea that has the potential to help all Americans. Should I or can I vote for him? Absolutely not. At least if you want to continue to claim to be a Catholic. A vote for the candidate because of that really good idea doesn't trump the other evil that he and his party promote. Of course, Catholics who want what they want and more law be damned will try to justify what they do. As an example, 
I recall an episode of Blue Bloods that had homosexuality as its main theme. Tom Selleck's character told the bishop that he thought the church was behind the times on the whole LBGT thing. A lot of Catholics seem to have that same attitude, but it's not possible to hold that stand and be a Catholic at the same time. In Hebrews 13.8, Paul wrote, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus is God, so he's perfect. Perfection can't change, which is why Paul says this. Since he's unchangeable, his laws must be unchangeable. His law says homosexuality is mortally sinful. In fact, there are three sins that Scripture says cry out from the earth for justice, and one of those sins is sodomy. When we support people who promote sodomy as a legitimate right, we participate in that sin. When we give our approval to sin, we place ourselves outside the Catholic Church. Some bishops in this country have been courageous enough to say that Catholics who vote for politicians who support abortion or homosexuality are committing mortal sin. Indeed, according to canon law, by voting for politicians who support abortion, those voters incur automatic excommunication because they participate in the facilitation of abortion. And in case you didn't know it, excommunication is a judgment by the church that a person is completely outside of the church. That means an excommunicant goes before God already judged by his church. Here's the bottom line. If you're a Democrat or vote Democrat, you may as well cease referring to yourself as a Catholic because you're not. You placed yourself outside the church. At the end of the day, then, you have to determine which means more to you, how you feel about things or pleasing God. Eternity in heaven isn't automatic at death. You have to work at it. Most people don't make it to heaven as it is. You may not like that, but you'll just have to take that up with Jesus because he's the one who said it, not me. Why do I talk about politics together with Catholicism at all? Some people listening to this might get the idea that I think God is a Republican. Well, since I'm not a Republican, I obviously don't believe that. Actually, I don't think God favors any one party over another. All political parties have their flaws. We really aren't talking politics here. What we're really talking about is Catholic morality. The demographics for this show indicate that the majority of my listeners are between 18 and 34. On the one hand, I pity you because statistically, your education in the faith, government, and critical thought are sorely lacking. On the other hand, you're the cream of the crop because you want to advance your knowledge and understanding of these things. That's why you're here. I'm glad you're here with me, and I look forward to us continuing to make this ongoing journey together. Visit cantankerouscatholic.com and give me your thoughts. And remember that comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. 
The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step -step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to LifeSite News. The backlash against the relentless assault on nearly every civilizational institution by transgender activists seems to be slowly increasing as ordinary men and women realize the implications of transgender agenda and the abolition of gender. Muslim parents in the UK pulled hundreds of children out of school, forcing a showdown of recently implemented LGBT programming. And students are pushing back, signing petitions demanding the return of their gender-segregated bathrooms and even suing their high schools in order to retrieve their right of privacy. You can read the whole story by clicking on the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to LifeSite News. The most conservative sitting justice of the United States Supreme Court, Justice Clarence Thomas, spoke out in defense of a potential future colleague against left-wing criticism directed at Judge Amy Coney Barrett's Catholic faith. President Donald Trump appointed Barrett, a Notre Dame law professor, to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals in 2017. During her confirmation hearing, several Democrats suggested she couldn't be trusted to rule impartially due to her deep Catholic faith. The Constitution explicitly forbids Congress from considering a person's faith in the confirmation for a seat on the federal judiciary. Of course, since when does the Constitution matter to Democrats? You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to LifeSite News. A well-loved pro-life sidewalk counselor was attacked by a woman exiting an abortion mill in Louisville, Kentucky, leaving her with a broken thigh bone and a bleeding head wound. Donna Durning, a sidewalk counselor for over 20 years and in her 70s, was outside the EMW Women's Surgical Center on the afternoon of April 13 when a younger woman who had been inside the abortion mill violently pushed her, causing her to fall on the pavement. She underwent surgery. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to LifeSite News. 
German Bishop George Batzing of the Diocese of Limburg is inviting church representatives, Catholic youth, and lay organizations, as well as diocesan members, to a discussion forum on May 4th in Weisbaden to deal with the matter of the church's blessing for couples who cannot marry in the Catholic way, including homosexual couples. Also in view are remarried divorcees and cohabitating couples. The diocesan website states that a blessing of a homosexual couple has already taken place in the past. Why is it that Germany is always the home to such evil? It would seem the spirit of Hitler is alive and well. You can read the whole story by clicking on my link in the show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to LifeSite News. The former prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith told the German newspaper, Die Welt, that in his letter, Benedict has pierced the boil, and his text is more intelligent than all the contributions at the Roman Abuse Summit and the know-it-all moral experts of the German Bishops' Conference. In a new interview with LifeSite News, Cardinal Mueller further explains his thoughts and returns to his strong rebuke of the Sex Abuse Summit in Rome. The nebulous concept of clericalism is the wrong approach, he explained. With a false diagnosis, one can never find the right therapy, but rather one will only worsen the illness. You can read the whole story by clicking on the link in my show notes. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. One cold day in December 1869, a squad of Russian soldiers came riding through the conquered land of Poland, where almost the entire population is Catholic. In the woods near a village, they met Nicholas, a 12-year-old boy. He was gathering wood for a fire to warm his sick father. His mother had died long ago. The officer in command, a cruel man, jumped from his horse, grabbed Nicholas by the neck, and said, What is your religion? The boy's answer was prompt and confident. I'm a Catholic. The officer shouted, Aha! You're one of those traitors who despise the Tsar and his religion and believe only what your pastor tells you. You dog of an unbeliever, we'll teach you what obedience is. They tied Nicholas to a tree and whipped him until he fainted. Then they pushed him to a frozen lake. Having broken a hole in the ice, they lowered the boy into the ice-cold water. Now will you renounce your faith, shouted the officer. No, said Nicholas, trembling with fear and cold. I'm a Catholic, and I'd rather freeze to death than deny my faith. The Russians were enraged and rushed upon Nicholas as a single body on the ice. The officer drew his sword to split the boy's head when suddenly the ice began to crack beneath their feet, and Nicholas, along with his cruel tormentors, sank into the icy lake water. They were never seen again. Only one of the Russians survived and returned to tell the story. He later became a Catholic. Since you belong to the Catholic Church, which alone has the marks or characteristics of the one true church established by Christ, you shouldn't only live up to its teachings zealously, but you should be willing to give up your own life rather than renounce it. Yet many Catholics are a poor example to those who are not a Catholic. You should learn from Nicholas how to appreciate your faith. I'll see you next time, Six Packers. And remember, comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. 
Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.